All right, guys, welcome back to the Island Imperial Fitness Podcast. Today on the show, I have Mr. Paul Kanu. Um, as I'm pronouncing your last name right, is it Kanu or Kanu? It's both. Either or. It, it doesn't matter. Okay, whatever. It's it's my it's my role then. Kanu is what we'll call it. Like, 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 like the boat. Yeah, Anyways. like I should say it as Kanu or Kanu. It doesn't matter. So actually, like, is so what part of Africa is that from? Uh, West, West, West Africa, Africa, Sierra Leone, Freetown. Oh, cool. Right. Awesome. So, uh, for those of you guys who do not don't know, Paul is an IFBB pro and Paul has like one of the most crazy, like shapes, like I've ever seen, um, in any sort of competitor. Um, I'm trying to remember like where I, I found you. I think that I was, um, I was like some, I think it was probably like a brains and games podcast with like Dave McConey. And like, oh, yeah, and I, 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 look, I, I looked you up and I was like, holy crap, like this guy's pretty jacked. And I also like, you know, I'm a part of like Team Evil at G GSP and I saw that you also like work with Mircha. So I was like, okay, cool. Like I'm going to put up all of this guy and follow it along like your path and whatnot. And you brought some, some really good good content. It's really cool to just see, um, I guess as somebody who like, I think you do a really good job of like marrying like the evidence-based side of things with like your actual anecdotal experience. And sort of marrying them and uh, your content and i really like your, your, your take on things so uh that's why i decided to get you on just because i think you have a lot of good valuable information that um lots of beginners would really benefit from um in terms of you know really maximizing their bodybuilding just getting jacked in general because my podcast is like a lot of my my, my audience is like powerlifters because i'm a powerlifter but a huge part of powerlifting is how do we get jacked is if you're not jacked you're not going to be very strong yeah and usually, especially to from the beginning, to be able to be very jacked, you have to start getting stronger. <laughs> That's kind of how it usually works for most of everyone. But um, yeah, man, um, everything up to this point has been very interesting, especially with like the Brains and Gains podcast. That was actually my very first podcast, believe it or not. And then it just went down from there. But um, <laughs> your uh, beck and call, whatever questions you got, just throw it on me and then we'll just um hit it right right off cool man so I, I wanted to sort of ask you like so like what really got you interested in bodybuilding and what like motivates you to sort of like keep the bodybuilding lifestyle thing because the reason why i asked that is because i think a lot of people like the idea of bodybuilding you know like the idea of being a bodybuilder but they don't actually like the lifestyle they don't actually live it and so mm -hmm. i was wondering you know what is your sort of why behind getting started and also continuing to pursue at a high level so um, with body with bodybuilding, um, I never really thought about getting much into it when I was younger. I honestly just did it because growing up, I was basically always getting in trouble, getting detention, suspensions in school and whatever. Um, I'm from like a single motherhood. So my mom was just by herself trying to raise me and I was giving her a hard time. So because of that, I ended up picking up weight training in 10th grade and ever since then I've kind of just been using that as a way to well around that time I've been using it as a way to kind of like help me manage any potential hanger issue that I had during that time frame um and then I just kept on propelling from there leading all the way up to this point obviously now I don't use bodybuilding for like anger or anything like that anymore I mainly went through a whole bunch of different phases it was like all right this is for anger this was for trying to be an anime character this is for trying to basically be competitive and then it wasn't honestly till last year that I decided okay I want to be like a pro 
bodybuilder. It sounds weird, I know, but I never thought about, okay, I'm going to do it for like just to win shows and whatever, uh, because I've always just had fun with it. Because with bodybuilding, all that is, is just like, you're literally doing it because you enjoy to train, you enjoy to lift, you enjoy the process. It's never about like, I want to win, I want to win, I want to do this, I want to do that, and all that stuff at the same time. Because a lot of people that do that tend to lose sight of what they really, why they even started in the first place, and then they start losing themselves. So for me, that's kind of what got me into it, from parents to being the really jacked anime looking dude to basically competing because I was competitive and then to basically competing because it was fun. And then now it's like, I'm on that next phase where it's like competing because I want to make it a career because I just got a newborn. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I really like what, what you said about how you just started to like enjoy the process and you, you know, you, you try to figure out along the way, I have really good genetics for this stuff. And I actually have potential um, because I sort of fell in love with, with the process of actually being a, a pro. And I think that's a that's a key mindset. I think most of the best to have in really any area of life is that, um, you know, I think we, we sometimes like people, especially up and coming, we, we forget that all we have is the process and all we have is really just the, the, the here and now, you know. And I see this all the time, you know, for example, like when you're like cutting or you're, you're getting lean and you're hungry and you're tired, like, oh, man can't wait till I, till I bulk and like I get strong and big again. Then when you're bulking and you're actually not the process, man, I can't wait till I get shredded again and, and, and whatever. And I can relate to you with sort of like, I've had periods of my like powerlifting career and bodybuilding where it's like, I got so focused on like, like projecting my happiness into the future. Like for me, one of my big things was, well, once I did up 700 pounds, like then I'll be like happy and whatever. And it's just like, it feels great in the moment, but like, you was like, hey, now like 705 and like, you kind of did just like keep, keep going. And so um, I relate a lot with, with what you said, because like when I got started with this stuff, like with bodybuilding and powerlifting, it was like, I was just, just anorexic. And, you know, I just was looking for like some way to like, just have a, like a better, a better life. And over time I was like, damn, I'm pretty good at, at this stuff. And that's kind of just evolved. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's usually how it tends to happen for almost everyone. It's just like you started doing something because of an eating disorder, because of insecurity, because of many different reasons. And then it sort of just evolves into like, okay, I really like this because after five, six, seven years, you start seeing your potential and you're just like, well, okay, I can take this a little bit further. And I think that's like one of the joy of it is just that process is what I think a lot of people are missing nowadays because we have like the whole social media aspect of everything where people are just like, okay, I want to do it because I want some people to recognize me. I want some people to do this, to do that. I want to get this much amount of following, this much amount of likes. They're never doing it for themselves. So when you find someone like yourself, you're doing it for yourself and you enjoy the process. And not even just that, you're making a career out of it. It definitely changes perspective of how you approach bodybuilding itself instead of just like, okay, I'm going to be doing it for somebody. But now it's like you, your life, and then how you live in a sense. Yeah. I, I, th I think for me too, like, it just gives me like a sense of purpose and direction, like every single day, um, like every, you know, everything I do has like a sense of purpose, you know, like, um, you know, sleeping enough and, and, and eating a certain amount of food and, you know, making sure I'm managing my, my, my stress and whatnot. And I think that, one of the things I found too is like, you know, you're a very chill dude from the looks of it. And I think that most IVB pros and most like the high level athletes, like they're pretty chill. 
like they don't really get super stressed out about a lot of things. And you know, I, I see this a lot of times like powerlifting, especially as you get closer to like a meet. I'm sure it happens to in bodybuilding. It's like, you know, you have those prep glasses on, you're just like, okay, like, I'm not lean enough. And you're always like flying to like, you know, you might like, you know, lose sight of, of like, I guess the, the process and like what actually you have there. And like, you know, for powerlifters, it's like, we might start to like overshoot our singles and go too heavy um, or stress about the, the, your training sessions or whatever. As I've gotten more mature with this stuff, I don't really, like last prep, I was like, yeah, I'm four weeks out. You know, like it, it is what it is. Like I'm used to the, the process. Um, I want to ask you, as you've sort of gotten to be more advanced as like as a bodybuilder, like how has the process of prep sort of evolved for, for, for you? Like from like your first prep to like right now, like working with like Mirchev is like last year, I think it was probably like your best look ever or, th or this mm -hmm. year. Um, so I want to ask you, like, how has like prep evolved and like for, for for you, and what goes into like a successful prep? It's gotten easier. <laughs> it's gotten ridiculously easy. Um, I don't think I, I may have this crazy physique, and it looks a certain way on Instagram. But man, dude, I literally just finally got my shit together in the sense of a professional bodybuilder, like last year. <laughs> like like literally like I used to work like like 16 18 hour days for like five six years or so and between that time frame I was also prepping I was working two jobs and doing a whole bunch of stuff here and there just to kind of like make end meets just to be a bodybuilder so from the very first time when I did my first show I, I didn't really know what to do I just was like, all right, I'm going to prep for like five, six weeks and I'm going to go do a NPC show for like men's physique and then kind of like win it all. Uh, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> it did not happen at all. So that was like the first learning experience for me where I was just like, okay, um, that's not how I expected it to be. So I got kind of upset about, my, uh, upset about it and I wanted to do better. So I took three years off and when that three-year time frame happened I basically got a coach you probably know him his name is Russell Taylor he's like a very evidence-based mm -hmm. coach from like a while ago but he was my coach for two years and he coached me for my actual legit in prep where it was like a 16-week prep and I went from not placing at all at a men's physique show to literally winning overall my second show with a coach so with that, it showed me the value of what it's like to have a coach and to have somebody to give you that second eye, that second opinion. And that's has gradually increased my overall experience as a bodybuilder, but also as a coach from start to finish. But then after that one, I still trained with, was still coached with Russell and prep was actually getting harder the third show around because I've accrued all this muscle tissue and it's still hard to get lean. <laughs> it's just like ridiculous hard to get lean. And for me, one of the things is that I've always had a hard time getting lean. I, I know I talk to Phil Viz occasionally. He's like, yeah, for most black people, they have a much more thicker skin. So it takes a little bit longer for them to mm. get leaner. So I've always had that issue where my skin just wasn't as mature as it should be for most people. And because of that, it takes a while to get leaner. So it's just getting lean for contest prep has been crazy difficult for like five, six years on top of that, working different kinds of jobs, working as a customer service individual, 
for like 12 to 16 hour days, coming home, going to bed, getting like four or five hours of sleep, which is why like last year's, this year's prep with merch and the entire off season that we had last year, which was like six, seven, eight months of off season that I had. And we went straight into prep combined. It was easier because there wasn't that much stress to deal with anymore. It was more of just like, Hey man, I'm now coaching clients. I can literally work from home and then train in the morning, eat whatever I got to do, go, go work, sit on my computer for like hours on end doing client work and stuff. So the stressor was kind of reduced a little bit and having a coach that actually knows drugs makes it super critical and super effective. Because for me, I don't necessarily need a coach at this point, but I want somebody who's smart, who's very knowledgeable, who can handle the drug protocol of things and can just make things for me a lot easier instead of like trying to overthink stuff. So that's where Mercer came in is like his communication skills was great. His knowledge was amazing. Um, the way that he like structured thing through the Excel spreadsheet was just incredible. I was just like, I didn't have to think. It was more of just like, hey, uh, here's the plan follow the plan. I'm like, okay, <laughs> so I'm going to follow the plan. But the prep with Mercha was relatively the easiest prep because there was no stress. Everything was laid out. There wasn't a coach second guessing things back and forth. It was just like, this is the plan, follow the plan. And the plan was done. And I also had the motivation to push myself a little bit better because I knew prep is going to be easier now because I can literally just take it easy with years of experience, make prep easier for me in 2023 versus all the years before when I didn't have that much experience. So like, I know if I'm not looking as lean as I should be, I'm probably looking a lot leaner. So I should not be panicking and trying to overwork myself and then get myself more flat than I ever needed to. So all, all I'm done, it was just, it was just easier because it was just less stressful. The environment was much better. The coaching was better. The, um, the plan was better and I was motivated to bring the best package that I ever wanted to bring to the stage currently because in 2021, when I did my pro debut, I didn't like the way that I looked. Yes, I placed fifth, fifth and then seventh, but I did like three shows in the span of three weeks and I did not like the way that I looked and I was like, I want to change that. So I did everything I could to just destroy what I looked like in 2021 and I did just that and it was just... It was it was a great prep. <laughs> There's a lot of really good, good, good stuff there. I, I think that the main thing I got there was, you know, number one, I think a lot of times people will look at somebody like you and think, okay, this guy always had it easy. You know, he got to this point, like wherever he is, you know, he always always been able to like, you know, just live and train. And you said, no, I was working all these hours. I still put in the work. I didn't make excuses. I made the best out of my situation so i basically was able to develop the bodybuilding skills under like the hardest time like i possibly could then once i had a better life situation my stress was lower i had better fatigue management um i had a coach who offloaded a lot of that stress on me like a lot of the mental stress but that's a huge part of prep i think especially like you know anybody who's, who's died and gotten down to like single digit body fat and you have to like keep pushing like you, you kind of your brain doesn't work as well you're not as rational and having you know somebody there that's more logical to help guide you along the way can add a ton of value um and especially like you know on the enhanced side of things like it's more complicated you know people who are natural think okay like enhanced bodybuilding is easier i don't think that's at all true i think that it becomes more nuanced more difficult and 
every little variable matters e even more. And having somebody like Mircha, who is an expert in pharmacology and, you know, study under Broderick Chavez, um, if any of you guys are listening, if you guys are interested in knowing anything about, you know, drugs, how to run the, the safer use banner so that you can live, you know, as long as you possibly can while, you know, still accomplishing your athletic goals, like it is 100% worth to work with, you know, Mircha, Scott, or Broderick. Um, it's it's just, it's everybody who's worked with them has great things to say, but um, I, I think that, I, I thought it was interesting how you said that, like the skin aspect of things. I never really thought about that but i am thinking back looking at like most like you know black people versus white white people there is absolutely different texture of like skin like for me like i am not nearly as jacked as you have been training for nearly as long but like my skin has like a it's definitely like very like thin like has that sort of like textural thing like people always like look at me and be like especially with like my, my, my serratus it's just like paper thin um and so like is there like, any, anything like like with like drugs that can maybe like alter that or is that just like a muscle like maturity thing is something you have to like keep just training for um i wouldn't say there's anything like drugs that that would i mean there's certain drugs that could definitely like improve the way the skin look but that's once you're leaner what i've come to realize like it's less of the drugs but more of just like just be ready early man be ready early and then prep longer because if you prep longer you're going to get leaner and leaner and leaner. You're going to hold that, but then the skin just going to get thinner and thinner and thinner as you get closer to the prep. So like I'm very strong advocate of doing like 24 plus weeks of prep mainly because that's all I know. <laughs> Literally. Well, I, I mean, I, I can't imagine like having to push like that hard. I know there's some guys like Jared Feather that like they do like probably preps and they get lean fast. But, like that fatigue is just like really high. <laughs> like when you're pushing that, that you know much less calorie deficit and then like you know you don't really have time to like manipulate like things with, like peaking um it's like you know i like i like like the john jewett approach of like you know give yourself a lot of time to, 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 to prep you know ideally you're ready early then you can like yeah. just kind of just eat a maintenance going in, in, into the show be super fatigue reduced and like it's pretty predictable um was that something that you did with, with mircha this time around or you did you do sort of basically like the, the peak protocol that he sort of outlines on the member site um we planned it to be exactly like that it didn't go exactly like that <laughs> because um i'm gonna be very open about it because for the past like year and a half to two years i've literally just been doing like growth 250 test and slitten that's literally it and when i do wow. my off season i don't ever like do a blast during an off season because i save that for the prep and this is where things got a little bit difficult because I started my prep at 205 and then we start introducing drugs. We started bringing things up as time goes on, as we get closer to the show. You uh, recall course, like 205. For like yeah, basically I recall from like yeah. 205 to like 192, but for like three weeks, it was hard to get down to like the weight cap, but I was still holding tissue, getting bigger, looking leaner and just holding everything in general. The goal was to, we had like a 20 something week to get that out the way. It was like 15 pounds to lose, but that didn't happen. Obviously. But I, I mainly grew into the show. And this was one of the stuff that I've been doing for so many years since competing. And I know it works like, because like when I get off my contest prep, I just 
reduce everything, do maybe just like low dose of test or sports DRT test, just ride that, which is kind of what I've been doing right now. Just ride it out through. And then once it's time to like start prep, because your energy receptors are not as like fucking, they're not as like jacked up as you would when you're doing a contest prep and an off season. And then with off season, you're doing a cycle and then the cycle you're doing like a few weeks yeah. of break and then going back to like a contest prep cycle. I was very refreshed. And then I just literally just absorb everything grew. And then literally were exactly the same from the start of prep to the end of prep. But I was like looking like I was 10 pounds bigger. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely kind of a crazy thing to go through. As I know, especially like class that you guys, you know, you had to worry about, okay, like actually getting down to like a certain weight so that you don't, you know, it's like you can actually um, can, can compete. Um, I think that Broderick actually says like, it's mostly like a stress thing with like, kind of like what you said about, I'm I'm blasting like in the off season that I have a long ass prep. I had to blast for like 20 weeks or something like that. And like, how much time do you have off in like, in like a freaking year of like, you know, being on, on stuff and like, you know, the reality is that if they come in a little bit more in vogue, be like, oh yeah, you can just be on like your round of like your blood markers are good, but usually there's like at least one blood marker that's like off. And in my opinion, that's enough time. That's enough reason to come off of drugs entirely. And by, and, you know, what, regardless, just like, you know, I think that what you said like there is like, you basically like you found the approach that works for you yeah. um, because like you don't need that much to like grow, especially I think for you, especially you have a little bit of a different context because you're already, um, pretty close to your weight cap where you have to cut down pretty hard right to get to your cap yeah. so you don't need that much in the oxygen and lots of uh i'm actually assuming i've been looking at your training a little bit more it looks like you and me are doing like four soul specialization cycles um right right now for your lagging body parts yeah that's all we're doing we're just trying to get arms to get a little bit bigger so i'm hitting arms twice a week everything else besides arms and being hit once a week with like maybe one to two sets that's literally it. really so basically, yeah. like, just, 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 just make his volume on everything else and pushing arms. Yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. So like, we're how much, like, that. what are those, like, how long do you usually spend, like, training then, like, per session? Uh, about an hour 15. Sometimes if I superset, I do maybe 45 minutes to an hour. And then I just do cardio and then just head home. Because I, I just, I, the reason why we switched to that particular specialization, specialization phase is because I was like, okay, dude, I'm about to have a kid soon. I'm probably not going to have that time to spend or allocate to the gym for the next one to two months just to see how like the kid thing turns out with sleep. So because of that particular reason, Mercher and I decided to just keep everything to four days a week of training, two sets per exercise. Um, I think I have legs and chest quads and chest on monday um arms on tuesday i have an off day on wednesday and then i have back and rear delts on thursday and then friday i have arms and then i take off the rest of the week because so i want to spend that time with my newborn and trying to like make sure i have enough time to spend with them so because of that we're just like right, let's see how things look for the next one to two months and we've done that ironically <laughs> we're about to just <laughs> take it to the next level but mm -hmm. <laughs> But that's kind of what we've been focusing on is just growing the arms. The arms have been growing on basically little to nothing except for just food and sleep. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that, that that's a really great insight. I think that, you know, regardless of like, you know, if you're taking drugs or not, like if you're not eating enough and your volume isn't like sufficient um, for, for you or your intensity, um, especially like the, just the food aspect, like you're just not going to grow, like you're just, just not going to get bigger. And um, I think that lots of times people get caught up in like, well, like, the, the drugs when like 
you know, in the hierarchy of like nutrition, it's like, it's like, it's still like 5% of the equation, like everything else matters so much more in those fundamentals. And one of the things I tell my clients is like, look, if you're trying to be enhanced or whatever, like you have to remember that you're only enhanced <laughs> if you're doing all the fundamentals, like 100% like dialed in. Um, and you, you're, you're a master of like, you know, knowing how to eat properly, getting your cardio and getting your sleep, managing your, your, your stress and whatnot. Um, because, uh, if you're not doing that, you're probably just going to get the same gains you would like natural if you're optimizing like every, everything. Yeah. It'll be like subpar compared to when everything is basically on point. And that's literally what I try to teach clients. I mean, I, I can't really, I can't say that this is the right way to go because everyone's different, but because I don't necessarily focus heavily on certain enhancements and compounds, I try to teach my clients to micromanage training, um, nutrition, sleep, um, recovery, and then just training really fucking hard. Because if you do all that, let's say we just add a little bit of like something on top of there, then that's gonna go a long way versus just okay let's add this okay let's add this okay let's add this but let's fix the basics first before trying to add anything so you mentioned hard training and i i think that people that's a thrown the term that's thrown around a lot haphazardly but i think that that's something that's relative so i wanted to ask you in in your like in your mind what is hard training what does that actually mean it's subjective um, the level of training intensity that I would bring to the gym is not going to be the same level of training intensity that you would bring to the gym. So my idea of hard training may not be the same as somebody else's, because if you were to give somebody else my training program, they wouldn't necessarily respond the same way because they're just not used to it. Like if they're used to like high volume training and you give them low volume training, they'll be like, what is this? Why does this not feel like it's hard or difficult or anything like that? But it goes again and vice versa. If somebody were to give me like a high volume training, that I wouldn't be able to do. But yes, I've also been training relatively hard as well on that. Um, but hard training is... I think people try to throw that around quite a lot and I don't really have a necessary, like a def definite answer for it. I, I will be honest, nobody knows, but if I can use some examples, I would say Ronnie Coleman would probably one of the most hardcore uh, bodybuilders out there, the way that he trained, mainly because you can see the damage that happened to his body after he was done bodybuilding. Because when you combine such a high level of volume with a high level of intensity and effort into a particular training program, and you do that for an extended period amount of time, and you still make it, you're either one genetically gifted to be able to handle that much fucking volume and intensity, but two, you are just have such a strong willpower to just do that. And not many people can do that because people don't take into consideration the will to just push past the pain. Um, so hard training in my mind is either Ronnie Coleman or Dorian Yates. But when I see other bodybuilders and they're training in this current modern era, I don't know if I could call that hard training. Yeah, I, I think that's, um, it's, it's just always such, such an interesting conversation. Everyone's like, yeah, train hard, you know, eat big, blah, blah, blah. Like, 
that's all relative. Like what, what you said, like what's big for you is like, what do you, what's your maintenance? Like, are you somebody who has a BMR of, you know, 2,500 calories or was it 4,000 calories? Like eating big for that person is going to be different. Um, and so just like with with hard training too, I think it also depends on like, what are you, you used to? Like, I'm assuming that most of your training has been more so, Hey, I'm going to do a little less volume, push intensity a little bit more and leverage that component of the equation a little bit better. And you probably psychologically would prefer that rather than somebody else. They might just like doing a little bit more volume and leaving a little bit more reps in, in reserve. And one of the things I think that is really cool about just getting more jacked and strong is that a lot of this comes down to, I think, personal preference. Um, I think that as much as we like to, like, you know, science, we like to like be like, oh, well, this study said blah, 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 blah. And this study said blah, 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 blah. I'm like, well, that's cool, but like, you're not that study. You're not like that average participant. You, by definition, are not an average. And that's what coaching is. We're not working with averages. Now you can start off with an average response. I think that every single coach has their training, has their own training system. But a lot of that's also based off of like my own preferences and what I respond well to. I've seen other people respond well to. And if you talk to any other coach, they're gonna have like a different system and things that they think is this is hard training for that client. This is what that means. This is what that looks like, et cetera. And the more so, I, I just, I just, I still think it just comes down to like personal preference. Like, what do you like? Because there's so many different ways, like skin. Uh, cat ultimately and you know i come from a more of an athletic background so i like doing a little bit more volume you know i like feeling a little bit more of that fatigue like kind of what you mentioned that pain that like i kind of like that feeling and so my training is a little bit harder in that sense in terms of the volume and with the intensity partially because i'm a power lifter but i can also say like 100 i don't push my my volume my body going work as hard you know if i did i'd probably do that like before my squat bench and deadlift like hard yeah. training for for for, for me looks like training my squat mentioned and deadlift hard as for a bodybuilder it's training the muscle hard yeah exactly well there's there's something i've kind of came across a while ago and i don't think many people implement it the only person i saw that actually implemented that way is probably marcia but everyone else just kind of just sticks with the same overall volume and then just kept it where it's at um one of the philosophies that i thought made sense even though science doesn't back it was like if you're at a if you're eating less food, don't train high volume, mainly because you just don't have the calories to sufficiently grow your body. I mean, to help you kind of grow the muscle you need. But if you're like, if you slowly are bulking, let's you go from like a contest prep phase where you have like a really low amount of volume. And then from that point on, you go to like a maintenance phase then you can increase your volume from, let's say, two sets to three sets. And then as the calories go up over time, you then start increasing the total work volume, the total sets, the total reps or whatever that you need to do as the food goes up. Because now if you have more food, you have more substrate to use for energy. And with that amount of food that you have, you can now do more volume. You can now go harder. You can now train longer, et cetera, et cetera. So that's kind of like, there's a middle ground. There's never like high volume and low volume or one is better than the other it comes up in like in a spectrum you have to figure out the way that works best for you but then if you need to grow start manipulating the volume upwards if you feel like you've grown too much start reducing the volume and then reduce food or whatever just kind of like control like you're controlling like you're watching a tv show and if the tv's like just way too loud and your ears are hurting maybe drop the volume a little bit if it's like not loud enough increase the volume it's kind of how yeah. i approach it and like and i i think that's something that everybody kind of like stumbles upon like intuitively it's like 
yeah, like I, like you're not going to be able to re recover as well. You might actually start to get like weaker. You're just always sore. You're beat up, or usually like you get hurt <laughs> if you're uh, yeah. if you're not like uh, supplying enough, enough energy. I know that Ben Paul, like when he was trying to maintain like 181, he was always in a severely like calorie re restricted state, um, and he was just getting hurt like constantly. And that's something I see like like with a lot of powerlifters, it's like they just get more 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 banged up the longer they stay a certain um weight and you have to just increase you know your your food actually handle you know that training stress because i think power is a little bit different than bodybuilding in that in that sense in some ways but also not really i guess uh, i guess it kind of is the same because like for power things like you need a certain amount of volume to like make progress like the like the, the, the big three and you also need a certain amount of like body weight based on like your frame to like keep making progress i think with bodybuilding it's sort of similar in that if you want to be a better bodybuilder it's bodybuilding you have to like focus on getting bigger and i think that with the social media day and age and when people get really caught up in trying to be as lean as like somebody like me who's a little bit more naturally lean like this is where i naturally sit at and instead of like paying attention more to their own bodies signals and thinking long term yeah i mean honestly everything can be auto-regulated um when you go from when you're a beginner yes you can kind of follow the basics but as you get more advanced you're now open to auto regulation and that's basically just getting your body's feedback on how to respond to this based on what's going on in your life what's going on in your energy balance what's going on in like everything else that is what i consider as an advanced pro level powerlifter or bodybuilder to be able to auto-regulate your stuff because now you can understand when to be adaptive because as you get higher level into like certain sports, the goal isn't to just keep on doing more and more and more and more. The goal is to adapt to what you need. That's a great analogy. It's, it's kind of like, um, you know, there's no sport where it's just like, oh, just like do more volume and like, you know, and whatnot. And like, you know, you're just going to get like, and that's just always a thick. It's about the, like the right dose. And the most important thing is just time. Yeah. And that's that, that kind of works across all sports. Just the same thing. Like if you're a powerlifter or a bodybuilder, you have your off season. Obviously, your off season are going to be a little bit more lenient. I mean, they can be a little bit more harsher, but they could be a little bit more lenient. But then when it's time to get ready for competition prep, then you're just like, all right, it's time to really do this and then take it like more, not necessarily more seriously, but just be more meticulous with everything because you have such a small window, maybe 16, 20 plus weeks to get you to that final last day of the contest prep or the powerlifting meet. And you have to use every single ounce of those 16 to 20 plus week prep to basically get you to that goal where like you're winning your competition. Yeah. Yeah. The, the margin error becomes a, a lot smaller. Um, okay. So you had a really good reel too about um, the technique I saw yeah, yesterday with, uh, with bodybuilding techniques. So I want to ask you on um, because I think technique is such an important part of real of this whole thing. What defines good exercise technique as a bodybuilder? Um, I don't want to say like as a bodybuilder, but this comes back to like subjective because everyone's body's different. But for me, when I see people lift, what would define a really good technique is just taking it through a full range of motion and then pause in where you need to. Personally, for me, it's always like the eccentric motion of the lift, such as like if you're doing a squat, get into that point where like you're all the way at the bottom and you can hold it for like a split of a second, that will accrue a lot more fiber than just going down and just going back up. Again, there's not necessarily a reason to pause at the bottom, 
but it does cause a lot more tension and you don't necessarily have to have like that full range of motion as most people often usually go on about mm -hmm. you just have to keep that constant tension on that particular muscle while still keeping the range of motion at a relatively good point like for some people if you can't squat or if you can't like leg press all the way down to where like your knees are touching your chest don't do it. <laughs> Seriously, don't do it. Just keep it to like maybe like where your knees are bent, but then you're still getting a good range based on your overall anatomy structure instead of just like somebody says I should do like all the way down to my knees or whatever. Yeah, there's benefit in there, but if you can't handle that, don't do it. But in the, but in the sense of like technique execution is just keeping the same, keeping the set the same all the way through from rep one all the way to wherever you end up stopping that particular set. There may be a time where you may get like two extra horrible reps, that's fine. But if you got like 10 reps and then you did like two horrible reps, that's not a big deal. You have 10 quality reps with good technique, good range of motion, good pause, good control, um, basically good tension on everything. Um, that, that's kind of what I think of technique is just keeping everything relatively the same within a set while going through the full range of motion and pausing where you need to and making sure that you're stretching or like feeling the muscle in the centric or concentric portion based on your particular anatomy. I, I love that, 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 Jake, because, you know, this is something that I think that I, I always get really confused and I hear from the bodybuilding side, there's one way. When in powerlifting, we know that there's general like rules and guidelines you have to follow. Mainly, you know, it has to be caught to competition through competition standard. Right? How everybody lifts, everybody bench presses a little bit differently, everybody squats a little bit differently, everybody deadlifts a little bit differently. Why should it be any different with how you curl, how you leg press, you know, et cetera? Everything should be. I think what you said, you know, as long as you're feeling you're feeling tension and you're able to safely progress on that muscle, and it's you know as consistent as it really can be for you, that's probably going to grow a lot of muscle. Yeah. And like the best technique is your own technique. <laughs> That's literally it. <laughs> like, yep. unless it's like really horrible then. Yeah. But if it's like, if you have a really, really good technique and you're feeling everything, that is probably the best technique for you. Yeah. Pretty simple. Um, so going on going off of that, um, there is a movement going on right now. And I'm sure you've seen all about the, the whole optional exercise crowd about, you know, have you got like training, like, you know, certain like these exact fiber and whatever, and like, you know, with the iliac pull downs, whatever, I want to ask, like, how much does that stuff actually matter in your opinion? Um, and how would you even like choose exercises? Um, I think none of that stuff really matters without the effort. If you are focused on the optimal range of motion, the optimal this, the optimal exercise, but your effort is horrible, what are you even doing? That's literally all it comes down to. Like, but if you were able to perform things with less optimal whatever, but then your effort is there, that effort would go a lot of ways compared to the optimal way. Because we we have to understand, I think the people who preach that don't necessarily understand that nothing is perfect. You cannot have the optimal everything in anything that you do in life. There are always certain things that's going to come along. So like when people think about that, they're usually not big. They're usually pretty intermediate. They're usually pretty novice. 
they usually don't know what they're doing and they're just regurgitating what other people from TikTok or Instagram is telling them to do. And then they tell you like, I did the research, but then the research is some guy on Instagram or TikTok. Um, I completely ignore those people. I, I don't listen to those people. Like I literally don't listen to those people because it's, it's hard for me to take and look at someone who, yes, they may have the knowledge and sense of like the books in terms of like training, but yet the application on how to apply the actual application that they learn from the books and their knowledge is basically inadequate. I cannot take it seriously. <laughs> That's kind of how I look at it. Um, what was the other question that follow right with that? It was something um, like that. what? What? How would you actually choose um, exercises uh, to help so, your physique? It's. I go like the simplest way possible. I like to keep things very easy. Um, I just ask the person what exercises do they feel the most? And then I just plug that into their program. That's literally it. I love it, yep. Because like yeah. if somebody has like a, a, a real, if somebody feels a particular muscle while doing let's say leg press and they love doing leg press, there's that like psychology in there that you know they're going to push really, really hard because that's just the exercise that they love to do and they're gonna give it everything that they got to do that particular exercise. So there's certain thing in feeling something because it gives you more psychological drive to basically just bring more effort in. And if you make a training program and you tell the person, hey man, give me three exercises that you feel on your chest. It completely takes me, my experience as a coach out of the window, but more of just like, what does this client feel? What does he enjoy? What does he like? What actually stimulates his chest to go? And they would say like, you know, I usually do a lot of other chest movements, but dumbbell bench press really hits my chest really nicely. Every time I do it, I get a massive pump. So anytime somebody says like they get a massive pump from doing a movement, they either one like that movement, but then you also have to look at their body part. And then you see like their body part that has that massive pump all the time. That's probably their biggest body part because they do those particular exercises. Yeah. I, I love how you mentioned the whole psychology of that, because if you, if you don't like an exercise, it's not fun for you. Like, what are you doing like you're not going to really try very very hard on that you're going to mail it in early um and uh you know i i think that that's a i don't know I, going off of like the whole effort thing and people like to overcomplicate things like i would have to completely agree with that because what i see is like lots of times people are doing all this volume like you know tons of work and you know 20 sets an exercise like whatever um they're usually like mailing it in even if the other you know, the program is awful and they're having doing as many exercises as possible to hit all the different angles, bro, when they would have gotten more out of it, they just cut it in like, you know, maybe in like a quarter and just tried really hard. That's literally it. I think one of the funniest things, I used to watch like Team Four Star Dragon Ball Z Abridge, where like Goku, every time he verses an enemy, like a, a like a villain, it's always like, I'm gonna punch him really, really hard. If that doesn't work, I'm gonna punch him really, really hard. And then all of a sudden he wins. But that's that's a very extreme case of just sheer funny, like, analogy. Just put more effort in. <laughs> so that's kind of like literally it. Yeah. So <laughs> going off of that, so what are the main – so if somebody wants to develop an IFBB pro-level physique, what are the big rocks? Obviously, besides having the, the genetics, let's say you do have, have the genetics and you can get there, 
or maximizing your own you know physique what are the big rocks that people should focus on to get there time um time because it takes time to build a quality pro caliber physique even if you're genetically gifted um Chris Bumstead started somewhere, but then over time, he built the physique that he built to get him to where he's at right now. Um, one of the things that people don't really take into consideration is like they think too far ahead, but never once think, how long is this going to take me to get there? Am I willing to spend this much amount of time to get there to become this pro caliber physique? So time, in my opinion, is the main factor. Um, the second one would be consistency of doing the same mundane thing over and over and over and over again. And then your environment, your environment makes a big difference of whether you become successful or not, not just in bodybuilding, but just anywhere in life. If you are, if your goal is to be a pro bodybuilder and you're training in a gym, that's not like a pro bodybuilder gym. And you see everyone is just like there to just like average, that's not going to push you. But if you train like in like, let's say, uh, like Oxygen Gym, for example, and you see like all these like massive pro bodybuilders walking around, you're now in an environment that's going to push you to basically be the best version of what is it that you're doing in that environment, or at least be one of the guys that look impressive. So there's the time aspect of it. There's the consistency and then there's the environment and then there's the genetic component. Um I think we really have to tell people that like, you just don't have the genetics for this or you have the genetics for it. As much as it sucks to tell people that, I'd rather just tell somebody, hey man, you don't have the genetics for this, but with just enough time, enough effort and hard work you're gonna put into this and dedicate a good amount of your life, if this is what you want, then you can most definitely do it. Because I think of bodybuilding, bodybuilding contest prep and bodybuilding shows, are mainly just like you're trying to win a lottery because at the end of the day you basically control everything outside of the stage but then when you go on that stage boom somebody else randomly shows up that you never know before that has way much more better condition probably took way more drugs than you probably has way better genetics probably has trained it way longer than you probably has like all these different factors now it's just like you're going up against that guy um and some people don't have that ability to do that so time is important I, I i don't know what else to say but like it, it takes time to build a quality pro level physique i think i think this really goes back to the importance of what you said early on like in our podcast like you have to enjoy the, the process because you know bodybuilding is a lifestyle it's you know for the rest of your life you know at least it's like fitness you know maybe you know everybody has to come off of you know drugs at, at some point if they want to be you know healthy and, and live as long as possible but you have to really embrace the, the, the process and yeah try to have as much fun with it as you possibly can um because that's one of the things i i just always stress out to, to with my clients this is like if you're not having fun doing this you're not you're not really going to go that far you're not going to try as hard as you would if you're having fun so doing things to have fun hey look if i if the process of guiding it down a bodybuilding show you don't find that fun Maybe this isn't for you. If you aren't willing to, you know, deal with a little bit of body fat, you know, put on some more size, that's a part of the process. 
maybe this isn't the sport for for you. My favorite Mike Israel quote on this pro on like bulking and you know dealing with body fat gain is like if you're not willing to call it an ounce of body fat gain in the name of getting bigger and stronger, this you need to find a different hobby. Yeah, pretty much. If you're not willing to starve yourself to the point where like you're feeling hungry and almost want to just binge or cheat on your diet, you need to find another different hobby because it's not for you. It, it's it, it, bodybuilding. I feel like I'm gonna get a lot of like flack for this. Bodybuilding is not hard, but then this is coming from someone who may not, I guess, take it as that level as other people. But if you think about the components of what goes into being a bodybuilder, you have to eat to live. Everybody does that. You have to sleep to basically function. Everybody does that. The only thing that's probably different in bodybuilding compared to everything else and every other sport, you just have to go to the gym and then do it for a long period amount of time and be consistent. That's literally it. Yeah, I, I think I, I think it's as hard as you want it to be, right? Yeah, it's exactly. It's as hard as you make it to be. And I think one of the issues with people when it comes to competitive bodybuilding is like they have so much stress. They put so much like, I don't know the word, but they put so much stress on themselves to basically have this idea of what they think bodybuilding is. And because of that, they have to be perfect with this perfect with sleep, perfect with eating, without realizing like all those things that they're trying to do perfectly, especially if they're not at that stage where they need to do that perfectly, it actually sets them back quite a lot. And also brings a potential mental issue that comes along with that if you just are not able to handle that in control. So it, it, I guess you could say it's harder psychologically and physically go to the gym, train, but psychologically, you have to push yourself psychologically and mentally to be able to do that extra rep, to be able to eat that food, to be able to starve yourself, to be able to do hours and hours of cardio. But if you get through the mental barrier aspect of it, it's like, it, it, I don't want to say cakewalk, but it's like, it's, it's not difficult. <laughs> but yeah. that's just my perspective of it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, I can speak from like powerlifting perspective. Like, I don't think powerlifting is like that hard. Like, you have to train hard. You have to, you know, do, do the, the process. But like, especially for powerlifting, it's like you don't have to deal with the, with the dietary fatigue of like being down a super, super lean, really ever. You know, the whole it's like feel good I and mean, being a body weight that you feel good and you can consistently, consistently progress. Then just train hard, you know, and make sure that your program is properly structured for you to see, see progress. Yeah, and the only thing that makes a difference is system and mental aspect of it. Do you have the mental will to do all these things? And that's yeah. that might be the hardest part, whether you're a powerlifter or, or any sport in that in that category. It's like, do you have the mental mindset to be different than everybody else and just push through? One hundred percent. And I there's a podcast with Bryce Lewis um, on Dave Tate's podcast where he's talking about how like coaching evolves from like beginners to intermediates to advanced, and he was saying that. Like more so beginners, it's like, you know, basic things. You know, here's here's what a fruit vegetable look like. Here's what protein is. Here's, you know, establishing some sort of like consistency in training, all those big rocks. Then like as you get more advanced, it's like more so like sports psychology topics or like managing that, that mental side of things. Because I think that for you, hearing, you know, what happened with you with your, you know, like stress is a lot of that component is just is mental. Like, yes, there's, there's physical stress that's right there, but 
how you manage that stress for mental component, I think that's everything. <laughs> it's how we interpret yeah. the different situations is everything. Yeah. And I was watching a um a podcast, one of the guys that basically coached with the, a few of the world's strongest man. You might know his name. I know his name from the tongue from the tip of my mouth, but I can't remember what it is. Is it the Australian strength coach? Yeah, it's a strength, it's a strength coach. Yeah, it's, 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 it's Australian. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I think it was on I think it was on um he was on my uh, day tape podcast, I think. Like, uh, yeah, he was. Podcast. Um, they, I, yeah, what if the guys that what that guy he's got strongman and he brings him to like world, world level, like competitive physique or not physique, but like strength. And literally, one of the things that he said that was like very profound in was just like, I just made him adapt to whatever it is that they got to do. It was literally it. It's like if you are basically out and about and you don't have access to like a lot of expensive food, go to the grocery store, buy maybe like rice and then some chicken, put in the microwave and make it. You adapt. <laughs> That's literally it. Um, and one of the things with like some with sports, exactly like bodybuilding and like maybe not so much powerlifting, but everybody wants to just have this perfect scenario, this perfect situation that doesn't exist. And then try to basically force it so it exists when all they had to do was just, okay, I don't have everything I need. So I'm just going to adapt to whatever situation comes. And then they just keep on doing that. You just constantly adapt because the human body itself is very, um, is, is very good at adapting to just the environment in general. So if you give yourself, put yourself in an environment and you adapt to that eventually whatever that environment brings is what you're going to be better at doing as you're constantly adapting. So adaptation in sports is probably the major key. And that, and that really just comes with, with experience as you understand, like, you know, how to deal with the different stressors, because like I had one client who, um, he was, he was very new and he got sore in his hamstrings and he thought he, that he was hurt. Like he interpreted that as like I'm I'm hurt. I was like no man, like like you're just sore. <laughs> like yeah, it, it's gonna be okay. That's sort of like you know how like you know bodybuilders who've gone throughout contest prep. Like first time you deal with that insane hunger, it's really hard. And you might know, like, psychologically, you lots of people break. You know that's also like why people like set up a pretty bad post contest re rebounds. But often that you get used to that and what it just feels like. You're just like it's just how it is. Like for me, like yeah. gaining weight, like like gaining weight has always been very difficult for me because I just don't have a very you know very big appetite. Um, and I've realized ever since I've been even just like 150 pounds, like I've had to be uncomfortable. And I just realized and accepted that that's how gaining weight feels for me. Yeah, exactly. If like gaining weight is like very difficult for you and you want to be like the best um, power lifter in your mind that you want to be, which you seem like you're still having issues gaining weight, but you adapted to the whole scenario of everything. And now you're deadlifting 700 pounds at yeah. a lower body weight. That's like a good thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, it kind of just all comes down to that. But what were you saying? Uh no, that was like like it, you know, it, it definitely uh I mean it, it, it's also as hard as you as you make it to be, right? As I think a lot of times it's just like you know, accepting like the, this the this the process and 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 whatnot and and you know, not really worrying about things that you can't can can control as much. Like for me, just like understanding like, you know, other things I always do is like I'm like, okay, I want to get exactly this is much weight per week. But it never works out mm. like that. It's just like yeah. just generally gain gain weight. You know, look at yourself in the mirror. How are you feeling? How's your how's your performance going up? Don't over don't over 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 overthink it. I think that's the one thing I want to end up on. I think that a lot of what you said is just don't overthink things. 
Um, that's literally it. That is literally it. And I, the reason why I say this so often is because I don't like to think. I hate thinking because when I think, I don't do as well. <laughs> because if I'm like trying to figure out like how to do this, 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 and this, I, I can't function and focus on the thing that's important the most, which is just execute. If I'm constantly thinking, it hinders my overall execution in the gym with food, with training, outside of life, because now I have that one thing stuck in my head, or maybe a bunch of things stuck in my head, and because of that, I can't really focus on what's really important, so I would say a lot of my success in bodybuilding has to do with just, like, just go, mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just go, whatever happens, happens, and then, like, yeah, it's, it's, bodybuilding is not rocket science, you just don't, don't, you literally just, do the same thing over and over again. Don't think, and then just give it your best effort. I mean, I can't say that this is going to apply to everyone because for some people, they have to think to be able to well, perform. I think if you have a coach, it kind of simplifies that. I think it's the biggest value of having a coach. You don't think. <laughs> yeah. You just do. Well, 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 that's one of the cool things why I hired Merches because um, I don't already think when it comes to contest prep. What I do, though, is I learn from him i learned from him so i can apply whatever method we talk about we discuss whatever we do towards my own client because i look at it more of like a business standpoint than just i'm getting a coach just to get a coach i think just getting a coach just so you can look good for your physique makes sense but if you're somebody who's heavily invested into bodybuilding getting a coach is kind of like a mentorship yeah 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 I, I agree. I think that definitely that's one of the things I got out of really every single coach I've worked with is different perspectives and more things I've been able to learn, make my own training and my clients' training better. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, like I I also have a very interesting background where like when I was younger at like the age of six, seven or eight. I was like in like a particular struggle, power struggle over the country where I was from. So it was like a war there at the time. So because of that, I now have this like weird sense where like a lot of things don't feel as weird or they don't feel as like as difficult as people make it out to be. Because when you're in a situation where like you could die at any moment and you're literally trying to escape from like gunfires and everything, the rest of the things that people fucking sorry, the rest of the things that people stressed out about, you're just like, bro, I could have died like 20 years ago. Shut up. <laughs> it was like, but, but that's that's like my situation. And I think that also has propelled me into how I look at bodybuilding. So I don't have that stress, that overthinking aspect that people do. Because if I have that, like this is bodybuilding is literally like nothing compared to actually being in war. So it, it's a little bit of like, it makes it easier to handle bodybuilding, if that makes sense. You have that, you have that perspective. Yeah. You know, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. Uh, thank you so much for uh, being willing to come on. Um, if people want to find you, um, how are you for, for coaching? Uh, where should they head? So um, you can go on Instagram. The handle is Can You Lift. It's literally the most ingenious last name. Come I love on, it. The awesomest like username ever. Um, and then my website, which I'm currently working on, um, it's canyouoptimize.com or .net. I can't remember which one. 
but I'm going to be kind of focused on that later on. And as for YouTube, there is a YouTube channel called, uh, uh, it's like to our beast. That's a challenge where I used to kind of give a lot of good information. I might get back into that, but those are like the three main things to kind of like look for me. If you're looking to get more information, the Instagram, the YouTube, and then the website. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure I include all those things in the show notes and to the listeners, thank you guys for uh, listening and I'll catch you guys in the, in the next one.